Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 underway. Tuesday edition is here from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Big show plan. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, TexasSportsNation.com, who has covered the NFL for nearly five decades. With us today for his weekly appearance, that is in an hour. We will dive into all the news and notes surrounding Super Bowl 56. Uh, later in today's show, Bobby Carpenter will swing by. We'll chat with him about one of his good friends, Matthew Stafford, winning the Super Bowl. I've still only seen about 10 live minutes of the Olympics so far. Uh, I check in uh, periodically to see what's going on. It's amazing to me that in almost every sporting event, it looks better and it looks cooler in the snow, except for downhill skiing, oddly enough. When it's snowing, I'm talking about actively snowing in those events, it looks terrible. And when it's snowing in a football game, it looks great. But when I'm watching downhill skiing, I can hardly see what's going on because... I saw the temperature last night on that mountain. It was minus. It was a wind chill of minus twenty-two. Wind chill of Whoa. minus twenty-five. You can't have exposed skin. They weren't making that big that of a weather. deal. It about, was minus about nine. The was the exact temperature. Well, they can't watching. because they're not there. It was snowing. <laughs> yeah, mean, they're not out in the elements. But it was snowing. I could hardly see what was going on at times with all the snow. They do now wear a tape on their face, which is a new addition. Like, uh, it's like one of those breathe right strips, except it cross it crosses for those of us watching. Most of your face, like your cheeks, does it like hold the mask nose. on, or what's it? What's it? No, doing? I felt like it was like almost a bumper for your mask, oh. so that your mask sat yeah. more nicely Tools. on your on your face. I loved it, and I love curling. I, I get into a nice curling match, and the U.S. men were getting it done last night. Actually, curling so. is something I watch, and I want to do it. I don't want to watch it. I like watching. There's it. nothing enjoyable to me about watching it, but I watch them do it, and I think that's something I could physically do. So I'd like to attempt it. There's a place in Nashville now where you can go curling yeah downtown actually. yeah it's it's it was looking it up i'm sure it'll be loaded this weekend we were thinking about it my uh, claire's all in on the olympics I, my lack of olympic spirit i don't think has ever been lower like, it's a I low ebb for you don't care well i don't like the russian girl being allowed to skate I'm, I'm not real fired up about the the handling of the the doping issue so the, she's their argument is it was a contaminated skater. sample is what, what their argument is. They're going to let her skate, I guess, while they dispute it. Yeah, meanwhile, there's video of the, the, the main doping guy in all these pictures with the skating team, like he's part of the club. Well, so, so they're, they're one big punishment, and I, uh, I, mean, I haven't followed this. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Their one punishment as, as a country for doping is that they can't go by Russia. Flag. Right? Yeah. They can't use their flag. They can't fly the flag. But then they have an, an athlete... During the Olympics, where they're not allowed to fly their flag because of doping, Get test positive, of yeah, and continue on. And tell me how that makes uh, it doesn't in, make in any, any sense. In also, any because meeting, how does that make sense? I mean, the they're still getting awarded a medal. That medal's going back to Russia. 
So if if they go by ROC or whatever they're they're going by, uh, in these what does it matter? They're still going to honor those as gold medals for Russia in Russia. Oh, for sure. And that's the yeah, whole that's purpose. That's not much of a punishment. Plus, the American uh, young lady got kicked out for marijuana, a positive marijuana test. I mean, she tested positive for marijuana, and she and she, uh, she took her medicine and wasn't allowed to run. Um, in the last summer games, this seems a harsher offense. I mean, I understand the rules are the rules, but I don't understand how you get out of this doping offense, which is... Unless they just had, like, hardcore evidence that it was a, a contaminated test. I mean, that's the only I don't conceivable know. Even the, way you don't suspend her for the rest of the... the or she was forced to take it because I she's, like, 14 or 15 to, years to old. I to read the, the good reporting on the case. You know, Washington Post and somewhere else I was reading who were covering it thoroughly. And I couldn't follow. Yeah. It, it's, All the intricacies. In so the I was listening to a translator that was translating the Russian coach of this woman explaining the contaminated test. And the translator said something about when you're in this country, you can't trust what the tests are saying. Basically, right there in front of the in front of all of China, in front of all of Red China, saying, "I don't trust the, what the test that they're saying is if it's positive. I don't trust China saying it." Now, it was through a tra- it was very broken the way the translator was saying. It's almost like he backtracked yeah. as he was saying something. It was very odd. It was on uh, a Today Show this morning. They had the the coach of Rut that was in. It was press availability, and I don't know if he was attempting to say that because of all the COVID protocols. Things got messed up with the test or that flat out, I don't trust China telling us that we have a positive well, doping if test. If it's the second and China was trying to knock out somebody, I think that there'd be more of it. You know, why are they picking the great skater uh, and yeah, not we somebody else that's a ton an obstacle it. to the It's Chinese also done by athlete. the Olympics, I think, and not China. Yeah, the IOC. So it's some sort of argument about everything going on in the country, the protocols in the country being an issue with the testing. But she didn't, I don't she didn't no pop great. for this. She popped for this for a test that was back in December, right? Yeah. That's what I read. Yeah. But I mean, and there are and tests get, it's, as it's, you lead up to it. We're in, mid, we're in mid-February. You're just getting those tests back from December? Yeah, it seems like ancient times. At any rate, she's brilliant at, at what she does. I mean, I think the audience will be happy to see her compete, but if she doped to be able to do some of the things she's doing jumping-wise... And she shouldn't be in it. I think two things are true. One, she definitely doped, and it got caught in that test, and they're trying to make up something now to say that she didn't. And two, Snoop Dogg definitely doped uh, before oh, the halftime yeah. show because there's now video of him toking up before taking before? the stage. Well, who's surprised by that? No one. I mean, it's legal no there, but it's not. It's it, funny. The response on social public, media was, where's the headline? It was, you know, we've got exclusive uh, photograph of Snoop Dogg toking up before he takes the stage. And everyone that I follow on Twitter retweeted and said, okay, great. Where's the headline? There was a bet. Everyone knew he was going to be smoking weed before he went up there. Not at the sites that we bet at, but there was a bet somewhere as to whether he would, uh, he would smoke during, during the halftime show. It was funny, though, because the photo is him seated, and it looks like all the backup dancers are kind of around him, forming a human shield. And he's like kneeling over, almost trying to get the last drag off a cigarette. He's kneeling over smoking before he goes so he in the waiting before, area. And Eminem kneeled during. Well, he goes to the waiting area. And I don't know if you guys are watching it, but Maria Taylor, I thought it was very odd. They come back from halftime. Maria Taylor is standing there at the entrance. with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg as they're about to take the stage. 
and she pats Snoop Dogg on the back. She says, when we come back, these guys are going to have what might be the greatest <laughs> halftime great. show ever. And I'm showing our audience is watching. And pat Snoop Dogg, like I'm patting Hutton on the back, and Snoop Dogg turns around, shades and everything, kind of Side looks eye. at her like, who is trying to get my attention right now? Not angry, but just, why is someone yeah, trying to going on? talk to me? He wasn't in Because on she it. patted him, and he's not hearing. They've got their earpieces in. He's not hearing what she's saying or that he's on television at the time. Uh, it was... Both a really cool attempt to be right there with the performers as they're going to commercial and coming back for the show, and also very awkward in that they're facing the stage about to walk up and she's patting him on the back. By the way, they did some traffic magic there because she was in Santa Monica pregame and uh, early pregame, and she was at the stadium I think late pregame, and I was and we were just there, Santa Monica to Inglewood in game day traffic is uh, impressive. I wonder if they were helicoptering some of these people around. I bet there was either a helicopter, I can guarantee, with the, the, the flexing of the NFL and a broadcast partner for a Super Bowl, either a helicopter or she got a police escort and pissed a lot of people off. Or she had a backpack. If she got a police escort through traffic and it caused more traffic, but one of the two happened. Or one of those flying backpacks? Well, speaking of the uh, Olympics, so when did the Olympics hit L.A.? Imagine the traffic jam for that. 2028. 20, I, I was thinking about it a couple of times when we were there. I, I mean, I would evacuate California if I lived there. Uh, it, it'll affect traffic in San Francisco. Many people already have. <laughs> many people already have evacuated California. I, I mean, it, it, I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near it. I'd rent Half out of my house. Half of them play on my daughter's softball team. <laughs> Half our team's made up of these Californian girls that moved out of here because of California laws. I'd rent out my house. Here. I'd rent out my house oh, yeah. as much as I could and... Get out of that. Well, part of the subplot of this season of Billions is New York City taking the Olympics from L.A. In 2028, there's a billionaire finance guy trying to move the Olympics to New York. And all of the talk is about how on earth, traffic-wise, could you put an Olympics in Manhattan and make it work? Now, a lot of the events would be in the bur- you know, outer oh, boroughs in New Jersey. He's standing on the rooftop talking about the aquatic center is going to be over there. Yeah. Like there's land to be had in Manhattan. Yeah. But I keep, I, I'm trying to visualize what it's – it's cool to think about, but what a New York City Summer Olympic Games would look like. Well, and that's at least it. there's a subway there. Yeah. Good news for the Bengals and uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, Tess came back on his knee, just a knee sprain from the Super Bowl. He was asked about – it was actually the first question he was asked about in the postgame after losing the Super Bowl was how he, his knee was, and he says it's fine. And I think many people talk, uh, were thinking, worst-case scenario, given the fact that Last year, he was coming off the knee injury, and he took the beating that he did due to his offensive line. Uh, just a knee sprain, it should not affect anything for him going into the offseason. So that would have been awful news. if he had a big rehab, yeah. a second offseason in a row. Yeah. And I'm assuming uh, Stafford's fine, too. He was making the rounds at Disney yesterday. Bump yeah, up. I saw Stafford. So they had their uh, party at an, air, an uh, airplane We're hangar that they right. rented out. The Rams had their post-Super Bowl party, and I saw him on the Today Show Monday morning, and it looked like he was in a holding room at that airport or in that airplane hangar doing the interview. And it was sun up outside, so I think he probably did it live or taped very early morning uh, in L.A., but it was, it was pretty cool yeah, I don't uh, think those dudes that. sleep. I mean, I, well, I think they, uh, especially the guys who go to Disney with their families, and, and they chose three of them this year. It was all predetermined, I'm sure. Um, and then, you know, you've got McVeigh, who's doing the, the morning presser. They do that morning presser way too early. <laughs> yes. For everyone involved. But if you're doing GMA East Coast from the West Coast, it's, 
it's advantageous time wise. Like it, it was like four a.m. Right. So if you're not going to bed from the party, yeah, it's actually not too. But bad. But I'm saying the press conference with McVeigh. Oh yeah, you know, way too early. It's too early for all the media included. Like it's just, and no one's really pulling much from that. I don't know why the availability is made. It's sponsored from, from that for three questions or whatever it's supposed to be. Um, coming up, epic moments happened on Sunday, captured by NFL Films. And we knew this would be the case where you get the behind-the-scenes look, guys mic'd up during the game. Um, But the the behind-the-scenes moment that led to Aaron Donald pointing at the ring finger will go down as one of those classic highlight reel moments in NFL history because of the way Sean McVay set up the play and the play call and then the delivery by Donald. That's coming up. Plus, uh, Paul, you've got some NFL Futures picks based on the results of Super Bowl 56 and results of the postseason. I'll run them down and we'll see uh, where each of us would stop and start to to bet based on value. Coming up, uh, John McClain, Bobby Carpenter, and you can hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360 with Rose in the chat. You can chat with Chad as well on YouTube. Just search out Outkick360. In the chat. We're talking about Snoop Dogg at halftime. Excited to partner with Aurora NutriScience and VitaLifeScience.com. V-I-D-A LifeScience.com is the website. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most. Your body. You're seeing VitaLifeScience.com right now. This is where you can see more information. Our Outkick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code OUTKICK360. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed, but here's Aurora. Unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I personally use vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione, but they have so many more options to choose from at the site. VitaLifeScience.com, the website, V-I-D-A-LifeScience.com. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at VitaLifeScience.com. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
we already knew the massive plays and the magnitude of the 15-play touchdown drive from Stafford and Cooper Cup and then Aaron Donald's play on Joe Burrow. But NFL Films gives us much greater context. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. You can follow us in multiple ways through social media. Just search out Outkick 360. You can also follow us across the Outkick network with great radio partners like Sports Radio 104.7 across the Upper Cumberland, Fox Sports Shoals, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Florence, Alabama, Huntsville. We say hello to all of you listening uh, across uh, the state of Alabama this afternoon. Um, So Sean McVay, mic'd up, and both coaches were. um, Practically everyone is for the Super Bowls, which is awesome. And as the game wears on, and we're going to have to watch uh, HBO um, and Inside the NFL to get the full version of this. I think it's Showtime now. Is it Showtime? Uh, Showtime. Both HBO and Showtime have relationships in NFL, but yeah, I think that particular okay. show is now on Showtime. So they're going to they'll run the mic'd up pieces of this, and the the snippet that they released is perfect because it puts into perspective what the sideline was like prior to the snap, where Donald takes over. And McVeigh is pacing. There's a timeout. There's a dead ball. Something's going on. And he's talking to himself or he's talking to someone upstairs. And he just says, this, this, this coming play, this is for a world title. Like, th- th- it's coming down to this. And he's just walking and pacing. And for those who haven't seen it, he goes up to Donald and says, like, it's time to make a play. You're going to make this play. And then he looks to somebody and says, Aaron Donald's about to make a huge play. And then the snap, you have the, uh, the hit on Burrow. He throws it away. It's incomplete. Fourth down, turnover on downs. And then you have Donald sprint down and point at the ring finger. That moment, that, that highlight in slow motion, will, that, that's going to be a part of Super Bowl lore for generations. Pointing at the ring finger and having the moment where your coach is just you know, calling a shot. It's amazing. I immediately thought when I watched that, and starting with the start of that defensive series where Aaron Donald is the first one on the field, comes sprinting onto the field, uh, encouraging the fans to get on their yeah. feet as he takes the field, I'm thinking this is going to be amazing when the America's Game episode comes out on the Rams this season winning the Super Bowl. And I guarantee you the three guys, that they always have three people, Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald will probably be the three people that are interviewed for that. And when they're telling the story about their thoughts going out there and then being able to splice in that NFL Films footage that you mentioned, Hutton, it's a classic moment. And the first time I heard of it was McVay, after the fact, said the way they were lined up in shotgun, I, I knew Aaron Donald was going to do something. I, didn't, he, I knew he was going to have a chance to end it on that one. You knew he was going to make a play in some way. When you go back and watch that, that play also, Something we didn't really hit on. Yes, the, the play was open. The play design was good. Quentin Spain got worked one-on-one by Aaron Donald, which is not a surprise oh that Aaron Donald beat him the way he did. But Uzoma on the other side of the field is wide open. But where Burrow has to step into that throw is right where Aaron Donald was and got to him quickly. But he's breaking off to the left side of the formation and he's open for the first down. And that is exactly where Burrow is just starting to turn when Aaron Donald grabs hold of him. It's an amazing moment, and you look at that with pointing the ring finger and everything else, you don't want to be you know, a prisoner of, of the moment, but when all said and done, that's going to be up there 
you know, with Super Bowl winning play moments in a game, a yeah. deciding play in a game that wins a Super Bowl, we're probably going to be watching that one and know exactly what's happening for years to come. Even later in that play, had he, uh, you know, had great protection and, you know, decided not to do the quick hitter, Jamar Chase breaks open up the right sideline because Jalen Ramsey falls down. Jalen Ramsey wow. could have been a goat goat there because it could have been a touchdown. Can throw. you imagine now, if Prince Bay picks up the block and they throw a touchdown yeah. on that fourth and one? I don't know that he would have held on to it that long because it's a desperation fourth down play and you've got to get the, the first down. Um, I wasn't surprised by anything that McVay said there. I mean, I think that would be the conversation you would have because it's a Stars League and you're looking to your best player to go make uh, – I, I mean – I would imagine any sideline situation, this is heightened, obviously, by the stakes right there, but a coach is going to say to his best player, I feel like you're going to go make the play here, go make the play. But that fact that it happened exactly that way and you can now stack the soundtrack of that on top of the video of the play is pretty damn cool. And then then there are, you know, great job by SI writers um, who went back and chronicled Stafford and the trade to L.A. And there is a transcript, and it's, it's quoted, where Stafford calls a buddy of his once he learns that the trade actually went through. And this was January of 2021. And he says, I'm about to go win a title. I can now go win a title. And now, so if you start chronicling from that moment on, where Stafford comes in with the team and then they go on this run where it was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like they were the clear favorite for the Super Bowl throughout the season. I mean, there, there were lulls with this team where they were still trying to mix and match and come together. Um, and it, at times you felt like they weren't all that tough up front. Yeah, they were a popular preseason pick, but during the season they had some yeah. significant lulls. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then, then they finally get to the postseason and, you know, Stafford is, remains unbeaten in the postseason. I don't know. I, I, I think that that adds to the season it, it itself as well is the fact that Stafford is just like, I'm, I'm out of Detroit and I'm with a team now where I've got a chance to go win a title and not just, you know, down the road this year, we're going to go win a title now. It's also a stunning indictment of both the Lions and the Browns to an extent. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr.'s in tears in the sideline winning a Super Bowl and all it took for him was to, to get out of Cleveland apparently, and he could go be on a Super Bowl champion uh, with a franchise who's won exactly one Super Bowl before this. Not exactly a big championship pedigree uh, for the Rams franchise. And then Matthew Stafford with that transcript saying that, going there and actually doing it in year one, finally getting out of the shackles of Detroit. That's not, a, not, not that uh, there's a lot of glowing things said about the Detroit Lions franchise, but this is to me even... Another Paul, bit of salt on the wound for them that it's just it's just an unwinnable situation. I'm not right going to put Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr. in the in the same boat. Cleveland emerged in the last two years to be a contending team, despite him. This year he didn't help them; he hurt them uh, when they could have used him. So I, I respect the fact that getting out of there. He didn't turn into a headache for his next team and everything. Well, they've also won as many Super Bowls as the Detroit That's Lions, fine. is my point. But he needed everything he, he could, and he should have been a player that helped Cleveland get out of that funk and go win a Super Bowl and didn't need to be served everything on a platter. Uh, so I, I don't respect Odell Beckham Jr. for needing to get into the perfect situation for himself. He did a good job going there and contributing everything, 
but I feel more like he should have done more in Cleveland. Stafford was in a helpless situation. Um, well, part of his thing in Cleveland, he couldn't stay healthy. And when he was healthy, they weren't throwing him the football. Because whenever he got hurt, the talk was, oh, now they're more balanced in Cleveland because they're not they force-feeding Odell Beckham Jr. But they didn't necessarily yeah, it didn't work. equate to anything. It didn't work. But he didn't, do his, he didn't hold up his end of the bargain in Cleveland, I didn't feel like. Well, to, to what Chad's saying, you have a top-10 wide receiver in the league. And people laughed at that whenever he was released by Cleveland. He's no doubt the reason why they ended up doing what they did in the postseason. Look at some of the clutch performances oh, he, he had in the NFC Championship game, scoring the touchdown in the Super Bowl. Um, and, and then, on, on what, two days after that he got there, they learned that Woods was lost for the season with the ACL. And going back to Detroit, I can't think of another modern-era team with two uh, it, it, we know one in Calvin Johnson, potentially two pro football Hall of Fame players, and not just like an offensive lineman and a corner. Your quarterback and wide receiver, and we know the wide receivers in, are Hall of Fame caliber players. And they are at the bottom of the barrel throughout. One good year, and right after that year, Caldwell's fired. Yeah, That is remarkable to think about. I mean, of how just, bad you have to be to have two, to have one Hall of Famer and then have another guy who's arguably going to be knocking on the door of that. If even if you don't believe he's there, you certainly have to put him in the conversation of what could be down the path for him now. And to think that he was there for a, what eleven seasons and nothing, nothing to show for it is crazy. Something else that I thought about with this championship and the, the coverage of it for Matthew Stafford, for the Rams, for everyone, and I totally understand different circumstances, different sport. But it's incredible how we've evolved, I guess, to some extent since 2010 when LeBron took his talents to Miami and formed a super team and they went on and won a, won a title. No one was crying tears about LeBron James finally winning a title and getting out of Cleveland and making it happen in Miami. They were a clear villain. But when it's football, when it's Matthew Stafford with the Lions, I understand he was traded, but he asked for that trade to get out of Detroit, and he goes and does it. Odell Beckham Jr., Paul, you brought up good points about how he was a malcontent in Cleveland. That was on him and no one else. But yet, when those guys win the Super Bowl, everyone's crying tears of joy. There are columns written about how great it is for those guys to get out there and finally win a Super Bowl. Again, different sports, Different circumstances with LeBron leaving his hometown that drafted him. But I do think that the sporting public has probably evolved a little bit with that. And it's much more of go get a title however you can get a title. Screw loyalty. Doesn't matter where it happens. I don't see a lot of people saying, I would have preferred Matthew Stafford stayed in Detroit and lost in Detroit and never won a Super Bowl because at the end of the day, he would have been a Hall of Fame quarterback in the city of Detroit that was true to the team that drafted him number one overall. There's not a single person saying that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think Detroit makes it special circumstances because there was no vision of Detroit ultimately turning it around and him finishing with the storybook ending with the Lions and taking them to a well, Super I think- Bowl. And I have less of a problem than I usually do. I, I don't begrudge any Lions fan that was rooting in a big way for the Rams and feeling a part of, of that win because Stafford was a part of that yeah. win. There are few circumstances where I feel like that. Uh, the, even, even for the Bruins, when Ray Bork went and won in Colorado, that was weird to me, because Boston is such a provincial town. 
Like, yeah, your guy went and won there, but you bringing that Stanley Cup back to Boston and parading with it is weird to me because you're all about Boston. But now you're about uh, Denver? That's weird to me. And most of the time, I don't like it. Here, I have no problem. I think, I think Chad, the, the context of the two, um, while I, I completely see where you're coming from on, the, on how they're viewed, Stafford had a year remaining on his contract, and Detroit knew he wasn't going to resign with them. He's gone so they, anyway. they were going to trade if they could find the trade partner. Um, LeBron was a free agent. And we all knew if he stayed in Cleveland, he could win a title there. And if, that, if Stafford stays in Detroit, he's yeah. not winning well, a title. Well, and they had been to a finals in Cleveland. They had been to the Eastern Conference finals a number of years. They were one of the four teams that year in and year yeah. out had a chance at winning an NBA so championship. There was almost so much manipulation by him. Yeah, it's not like Stafford was playing in a Super Bowl before in Detroit or playing in an in a NFC championship game. And recruiting where guys people to were go saying, with him now. Why not just go win at Detroit if you're so close right. in Detroit? I think that's I think that's the perception. Um, you know, I, I think Odell falls more in that category with LeBron, right? But he's not the quarterback. Still, five but he's the free versus, agent. Well, 20, he's the free agent where he's choosing between Green Bay or LA. Let's flip it about the evolution of sports and how we view things. If ten years from now Joe Burrow de- demands a trade from Cincinnati and goes and wins a Super Bowl somewhere else in year one on a super team, is the same great story. The guy got to a Super Bowl in year two in Cincinnati. People could point to that and say, why not stick with the team that drafted you number one overall? Also, just like LeBron, you're from right down the road in Athens, Ohio. And well, LeBron was from Akron, Ohio, playing for the Cleveland Cavs. I do wonder if we're going to view that differently than we did LeBron. If it's a flat out, you can stay there contractually as long as you want until you retire, but he just makes up his mind, I'm not winning a ring in Cincinnati. I need to get out and ask for a trade. Well, it depends on what his franchise does for him between now and then. Well, even if they do nothing for him between now and then, he got to a Super Bowl, and they're going to have all those young guys coming back next year with a chance to go again, or at least get in the playoffs and do something. So, again, these are things we're not going to know about until a decade from now, but I just found that interesting. 12 years removed from the decision with LeBron James, how different we view the Rams, who are a super team that they were formed under different circumstances, but, I mean, is Aaron Donald, is Chris Bosh the Aaron Donald equivalent that spent his time? You know, he was in Toronto before. And then, I mean, but the, it's, the, it's, the it's an odd comparison. But the difference in the leagues are not comparable. Yeah. Uh, because if Cincinnati wants to keep Joe Burrow, they slap a franchise tag on him and he's got to play or right. retire. And he's relying on 21 other guys, whereas a basketball player is relying on four. Yeah, but if, I'm, I'm saying, like, with LeBron, he can get the max deal and he can opt out. I mean, these players have opt-out years. They don't have years where you can just claim them for an extra year as a franchise. Right. They can hire and fire coaches. They hold the power. It, it's like, and I started this by saying it's definitely different, and we look at it differently because it is different also. But I'll also say I don't know that the Rams get to the Super Bowl if not for Odell Beckham Jr. in the playoffs. And how did Odell Beckham Jr. get to L.A.? He bitched and moaned in Cleveland, and he got released. And he clearly didn't want to be there. And he chose the Rams. So that's one. It was NBA. If you take him off that team, I don't think they're winning after the Robert Woods injury. I don't think they're winning in the playoffs. He was a big part of them in the playoffs. And how did that guy get there? He got there by playing his hand and going to the team he wanted because he wanted out. And, and that's the comparison, but we started the conversation by comparing Stafford to LeBron. Yeah. And I just don't think it's comparable. I don't either. 
given the fact that if he stays, we know he's not sniffing the playoffs. LeBron was there in Cleveland. Well, and I, I, I wasn't comparing Stafford to LeBron specifically. I'm comparing the reactions to the Rams title compared to the reaction to the Heat title. The Heat title was this fabricated, you know, LeBron got his buddies together and they went to a, a city with no basketball history and won a title. Well, the Rams were a city with no real football history for a long time, and they got a bunch of celebrities together, a bunch of stars, and they went and won a title. But we're really talking three or four guys in the context of a 53-man team. It's much Well, smaller. then take it this way. The coverage of Odell Beckham Jr. is very different than of LeBron James 12 years later. And maybe that's because sports media has evolved. Well, he's about to be a he's free not, agent again. He's not getting crushed near as much as LeBron would have for doing what he did in Cleveland. Maybe he's getting crushed he's in Cleveland. He's also not nearly as close to the top of the pecking order of stars in the NFL as LeBron James is. He's a pretty big star on that team in the playoffs to get Boy, them there. He could easily be on another team, though. And the, so he hits free agency again. And I, the Rams, certainly, uh, when, you, when you sign them, they didn't pay him all. I mean, it, it was a bargain considering what he, what he brought to that roster, and especially after they lost Robert Woods. But if they lose him, it, see, that's the other thing about the NBA. The owners can just pay a luxury tax and pay these dudes whatever they want uh, and pay a luxury tax over the cap and keep these teams together. At some point, with the loaded-up-and-go-all-in idea, you either restructure a bunch of deals and kick the can down the road, or you end up releasing guys and you rebuild. And so it, they're going to have to you know, cash out of the bank at some point, but they have their title to show for it. Super Bowl 57. Who's going to win? It's a silly exercise because we don't know what they do in free agency and we don't know what they do in the draft. There's a lot to be determined, but the odds are out. Buffalo is the favorite, plus 700. I think that's right. Kansas City, plus 750. They're regarded as the two best teams. Then it jumps. Rams, plus 1,200. Cowboys, plus 1,200. That's a lot of people wanting to bet on the Cowboys there because I don't see them in that class at all. Packers, 1,300. 49ers, 1,500. Bengals look like a good value to me. I know how rare it is to go back and win it, but at, at plus 2,000? Well, let, Paul, let me ask you this. Are you more willing to bet on the team that goes all in or the cheap owners who have young players now? Because Dallas is in a category like the Rams. That's an exact owner I would point to as a guy who would do exactly what Kroenke just did. I don't trust a quarterback. You I don't mean, trust the who, which I don't I don't trust Prescott. For what reason? I just I haven't seen him have long enough stretches of the sustained success. But I do like the path in the NFC. What is Denver on that list? Denver is plus twenty two hundred. Who's bet, around between Baltimore? So Cincinnati, I had it two, at two thousand. Baltimore, two thousand. Denver, 2,200. Chargers, 2,200. Well, Chargers where I'm going is where I'd go. That's Hutt knows where I'm going. They're hedging their bets here. Rogers, I, so. would, I would put the, the smart money to me is on Denver or, wait for it. Go ahead. San Francisco with Brady. Brady coming back and orchestrating well, a trade. San Francisco back home where he's from. He said, yeah, we're Rodgers. But either one. But I, I think, I don't think Tom Brady is coming out of retirement to play for Denver is what I'm saying. So I'm just putting the possibility of Brady in San Francisco. Brady, a guy who's stated before, he's always wanted to play for his hometown team with the 49ers. If he got the itch, they could make a move that made sense. 
put Tom Brady with that roster. I would say I, Brady's not number, bad money. I would say Brady's number two team, if if they could figure out the cap manipulation, which I think is very difficult, is here in Nashville. Paul, the scroll up and I, how many? He's got a buddy that it, coaches. This is what and makes a it team so that difficult could win with the quarterback on Cincinnati. Just go through the, just name off ten teams and just go through the ten, the top ten, and name the AFC teams according Bills, to Bills. Chiefs, Rams, Cowboys, Packers, 49ers, Bengals, Ravens, Broncos, Chargers, Titans. I mean, so there are so that's seven, seven of ten at least that I counted. Seven, but there's a stretch there of four. So four or three. I heard Rams, Rams 49ers, Cowboys, Packers, 49ers. Packers, okay. I mean, it, so seven to four there. The presumption that the Bengals are just back in the AFC championship oh, game no, is crazy. long. I mean, long crazy. odds. But those are nice odds at plus 2,000. I think the presumption that we mentioned this, but the presumption that Joe Burrow's ever going to get back. It's obviously not something that is a given. I think he's going to be playing oh. in meaningful playoff games again in his career, but getting back with Cincinnati, I mean getting back with anyone is not going to be not easy. Houston Texans 18,000 plus 18,000. You know, the crazy, everyone wants to point to Marino, I think in year one or two, getting the Super Bowl, never getting back. To me, Aaron Rodgers, well, so not being back since 2010, that's the crazy one. So that if, you, if we would have told everyone that in 2010, beating the Steelers to win that Super Bowl, hey, Aaron he Rodgers in 2022 Won't is going to be winning back. an MVP that year, 12 years from now, and he still have, would not have gone back to the Super Bowl. Well, here's your list. So Tom Brady and Peyton Manning aside, so we're, we're place, placing them aside. The list of 21st century quarterbacks who have even appeared in two Super Bowls. We've got that for you coming up on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Joe Burrow can absolutely make it back to a second Super Bowl, but if he does, he will join a short list of success stories to do so. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. So, of course, Manning and Brady uh, are success stories in, in this exercise of making it to multiple Super Bowls. But, you know, in their case, they're certainly winning them. This, this is for just appearing in Super Bowls in the 21st century. There is Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. They both made it to two in a row. You have Eli Manning, who played in two Super Bowls, winning both. And Ben Roethlisberger played in three. That's it. That's the list. Noticeably absent from this are two future Pro Football Hall of Famers, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. Not there. They made it to one, and that's it. So for the discussion of, well, Burrow's going to be back, I think even he recognized this at the podium. He's like, look, there's no guarantee. Um, and we, we fought all this, all this way and, and came up one game short. We'll do everything in our power to get back to another one. He didn't say next year. He just said back to another one. Um, it's incredibly difficult. And as you look through the path of every, the NFC will be difficult next year, but the AFC is just stacked based on how everything lays out right now. Aaron Rodgers is, is getting grief for it now because they've been in the championship game a bunch. Drew B. Brees, to me, never got grief for it. Brett Favre, to me, never got grief for it, which I don't really understand. I mean, I think there's almost an American understanding about how, how difficult it is, but for how good those guys are and how well-regarded they are, and how well-regarded some quarterbacks uh, who did less than them are. Uh, I, I, just the pantheon that they're set at, it amazes me. I think it, it should really differentiate uh, Brady, who, who's very differentiated, but even more so, and Manning to a degree that he went and did it with the second team and got his second that second one's a massive deal. Yeah. And I, I'm surprised that it doesn't come up more with Breeze, who's incredibly likable, well, or get, Favre, let me give who has my a certain mythology Let me to give him. you my reasoning for that. I don't understand why Favre doesn't get more grief. But you're talking about title town USA and Green Bay versus Drew Breeze bringing the only Super Bowl title to New Orleans post-Katrina. That's why he doesn't yeah. get as well, much grief there's because mythology connected there's to a that, very but that different, team should have done more. But we're, well, we're talking case, about this with the Detroit Lions, the Cleveland Browns. Then you're putting and Eli Manning in the Pro Football Hall of Fame then. Well, I mean, that's the case for him, certainly. He, he went well, got his two. Let's take this step further. Let's go through the record of those quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Peyton was 2-1. and one. Mm. Uh, We know everything about Brady and all of his rings. Uh, Russell Wilson, 1-1. One and one. Patrick Mahomes now 1-1. One and one. Joe Burrow sits there at 0-1. Oh Ben Roethlisberger, two and one, and Eli Manning, two and zero. Oh. So, I mean, not just getting there a second time, but winning a second one. That list gets a lot shorter. It's then Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, I and just, Tom Brady. Like Mike Sando, who you guys know, uh, and who I'm pretty good friends with. We work together at ESPN. He's at the Athletic now. He does a huge project every offseason with the quarterbacks in tiers, four tiers of quarterbacks for the starting thing. And I'm just surprised how with the, uh, with the great quarterbacks, we don't tier them more. Obviously, Brady's in a class by himself. But the way, um, the, the way even Manning is grouped with Breeze, 
what Manning did was more impressive than what Breeze did, I, I think, in, in career achievement. Peyton Manning? Yes. Yeah. Peyton, by the way, was 2-2. Two and two. I forgot the Russell Wilson blowout win up in New York, uh, but he was 2-2 two and two all well, time he, in the Super Bowl. So four Breeze, Super Bowls. Breeze and Manning are grouped together because they're both right there around the, the yardage. The yardage and touchdown passes yeah. in the playoffs. I mean, so uh, they're grouped together there. I mean, uh, Rodgers Rogers is ahead of Favre in that regard. Favre, Favre's right there too, of course. But uh, in, in passing yards, Rodgers has 5,800, um, which is like 40 more than Brett Favre. I mean, I think it's a good acknowledgement. I, I'm playing both sides of it here. I think yeah. it's a good acknowledgement that quarterbacks can't just take a team and go to the Super Bowl, which it is, as we're acknowledging here in, the, in this whole conversation the last two days, really hard. With the Burrow, no guarantee of getting, getting back. You know, you look at Fouts, who threw for a pile of yards, who I was looking at, you know, today, who might be one of the worst quarterbacks, quote-unquote, worst quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. Um, but, you know, wasn't in range. Marino, unquestionably one of the best quarterbacks of all time, mm-hmm. who only got there once and, and, and didn't win. It's, it's very much a team thing, not a quarterback thing. But when you're on a team that, you can, that has the power to get there and you get it there and you deliver, I think it, it uh, takes well, you up enough. In line with team stuff and you know, a team elevating themselves, the Patriots did it with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. They were a perennial loser for years, and now they're a big-time winner. Um, can Cincinnati get – I asked this question yesterday. Will Cincinnati go past this reputation of being a loser that's cheap – in the NFL, to being something different. The Rams. The Rams have been terrible since the greatest show on turf. And Stan Kroenke builds a palace in Inglewood and decides to pony up everything he can, and they go win, in, go win a Super Bowl. I have a feeling the Rams, the reputation of that franchise, is different now moving forward. Can Cincinnati get there? Can Buffalo get there and win a Super Bowl? That's, that's the big question mark. Coming up, John McClain will join us. NFL headlines from the Super Bowl, but... Also across the league with Carson Wentz, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and much more. It's all straight ahead on Outkick 360 from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. McLean next across the Outkick Network.